Good morning, everyone. It's your old pal Nate, back from the dead to podcast again. How's the big bad world treating all of you these days? Pretty good, I hope. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects on this podcast, but for today, I'm going to be giving you a little history lesson. If you read the title, then you already know we're going to be discussing the Puebloans. Without further ado, let's dive into their history and culture and see what we can learn. Now, many people think of the Puebloans or Pueblo as a single tribe, but the word is actually used as an umbrella term for many different diverse tribes that share or shared similar languages, farming techniques, forms of agriculture, cultural traditions, art styles, and religion. Some Puebloan tribes are still in existence today. Some examples of those would be the Hopi, Zuni, and Acoma, but the Puebloans have been around since long before these tribes came to be. While it is debated exactly when the ancient Puebloans, also known as the Anasazi, first emerged, it is thought they existed around 2000 to 1200 BC, though some sources suggest they have existed as far back as 7 to 4000 BC, making them, to put it as eloquently as I possibly can, pretty damn old. There are also two other major Pueblo cultures known as the Hohokam and the Mogollon. This won't be the last time I mention those two today, but I'm mainly going to be following the ancient Puebloans so the Hohokam and Mogollum can potentially get their own episodes someday. When referring to the ancient Puebloans, I'm not going to be referring to them as the Anasazi, though, because from what I read, it's a Navajo word that can mean ancient ones, but it can also mean ancient enemy, and it's a name I've read some modern Puebloans don't appreciate, for good reason, too. Luckily, there exists a much better name for the ancient Puebloans, the Basket Makers. Why the basket makers, you ask? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. They were pretty darn good at weaving baskets, which many of them would use to store food and water, and often use dogs to carry, among other items. Now, it's unclear exactly when the basket makers first arrived in southwest United States, present-day United States, rather. United States wasn't quite around as yet, but we know they migrated north from Mexico, and they had ties to the Aztecs. They were a nomadic hunter-gatherer society who relied on spears and clubs to hunt. Over time, the basket makers became increasingly reliant on agriculture. Some crops they were skilled at growing were corn, beans, and squash, with corn being the most integral crop to the Puebloan culture. Farther in the future, Puebloans would not only grow corn, beans, and squash, but also watermelons, grapes, wheat, peaches, apples, tobacco, cotton, and sunflowers. They used a style of farming called dry farming, which was a pretty effective technique for farming in the arid desert. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but the basket makers would basically use a plant called hummus, humus, humice, I'm not sure how you say it honestly, to store water and preserve the moisture in the soil. They also used different techniques for farming like terracing, grid gardening, waffle gardening, and no, that is not the kind of waffles you eat with syrup, and check dams to preserve water. In contrast to dry farmers, there were also floodwater farmers. I'm going to go into even less detail about the floodwater farmers, but basically floodwater farming is a technique they use to grow crops in areas that had high amounts of water and which, which you know, they eventually understood where those areas were going to be and they found ways to successfully farm there. Yeah, that's, that's about as good of an explanation as you're going to get on that. 
Uh, anyway, in the early to mid-first century AD, the Basque makers began constructing buildings made of sun-dried bricks, mud, clay, sand, straw, sorry about the noise, my chair is very rickety, and sticks. Adobe houses is what these were, better known as Pueblo. Fun fact, though, Pueblo is a Spanish word that means town or village, but can also mean people. The Spanish started calling the tribes that made up the Puebloans Pueblos because they were the only Native Americans they had encountered in the region who lived in what they considered to be proper buildings and villages. Thankfully, the Spanish are still a long way off for the Basque makers, who started establishing permanent settlements in the first century as they became increasingly dependent on farming and hunted less and less. At one time, farming was a primarily female role while males hunted. But with the declining significance of hunting to the basket makers, whose farming brought them bountiful harvests and vast wealth through trade, more and more males began farming. With the construction of these villages, which were often built along the sides of cliffs, beneath cliff overhangs, or atop mesas, the basket maker era ended, and so began the era of the ancestral Pueblo. Life in the ancestral Pueblos was pretty great. Because of how their villages were constructed, they were very secure from Comanche and Apache raids. During this period, they developed new farming techniques and started construction of multi-story apartment-style buildings that could have hundreds of interconnecting rooms. I also read somewhere that there was one instance where it was over a thousand rooms, I believe. Pretty impressive, either way. They were also very good at making pottery, and they started to do that around this time as well, and they started making various types of ornaments. They would often trade these goods as well as food and baskets with other tribes like those of the Plains tribes in exchange for salt, tallow, buffalo hides, and buffalo meat as well, I believe. Trade also occurred with tribes along the Pacific and further into Mexico for various luxury items. They were mainly accessories and exotic items like feathers, stuff that for the most part didn't really have any practical use, but it sure was nice to have. During the era of the ancestral Puebloans, we know as many as 70 villages were constructed. From the first century until around 1500, the ancestral Puebloans would spread across the Four Corners region, their territory extending into Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and most of New Mexico. Our good friends the Hohokam and the Mogollon were also on the rise. The territory of the Mogollon stretched from southern New Mexico and Arizona into Sonora and southern Chihuahua. The Hokum were, alternatively, they were comparatively much smaller than the other two, but they were a prominent culture in Arizona. Just keep in mind, though, these are not unified nations we're talking about. Every village was autonomous. They were all loosely bound by a council within their own cultures, which tribal leaders could meet under, but there's no central authority figure. Tribes would, at times, band together against common foes, but that was about it. Despite this lack of unity, the ancestral Puebloan villages were prospering, and their culture's influence was expanding. This was a time for them to party hard atop their cliff dwellings and eat lots and lots of delicious corn with a hearty side of beans. Or so it was until... the drought. So sometime in the 1300s, the thriving ancestral Puebloans entered a period of great decline, though it is not known with certainty what caused it. Some point to infighting between ancestral Puebloan tribes, others say it was a large migration south. Most believe it was a severe drought, 
something that is bad news for any society, but especially for one in the desert that is so heavily dependent on agriculture. We know there was a migration for sure, but whether it was solely responsible for the ancestral prevalence decline or responsible in any capacity whatsoever is not known for certain. My thought process is that drought caused infighting between ancestral Puebloan tribes who were desperate to survive and likely was the cause for a lot of people migrating south, but like I said, there's nothing conclusive on the subject. It's also possible the drought occurred while many Puebloans were already in search of better farmlands and it just compelled them all the more to move somewhere else. I'm also pretty inclined to believe this point of view as well. Another explanation for the migration south is the rise of a new religion in Mexico that was amassing followers. I think that could account for some people moving south, but um, I mean, given today how the Puebloan religion still persists and how passionate they are about it, I'm not inclined to believe that this had a major impact on them. Ultimately, though, most ancestral Puebloans moved into New Mexico, Arizona, and northern Mexico, where many already lived with others heading deeper into Mexico. Speaking of religion, Puebloan religion is polytheistic. They worship many deities, and modern Puebloans primarily do so in what's called a kiva, an underground room dug for the purpose of performing religious rituals and ceremonies. Only Puebloans are permitted to participate in rituals and ceremonies within the kiva. Uh, however, though, Puebloans hold many different outdoor ceremonial dances that include lots of singing and playing of instruments, and anyone is welcome to participate in those. Even today, actually, tourists can go. If you ever visit a Pueblo, you can absolutely participate in those. Puebloan religion also places a great emphasis on the harmony between man and nature, which makes sense because how dependent their agriculture, how dependent their agriculture was. No, saying that backwards. How dependent their society was on agriculture. Although I guess arguably the agriculture was dependent on their society because the plants weren't going to grow unless someone was there to grow them. That's one mildly profound way of looking at it. Anyway, um, the migration south marked the beginning of the Puebloan era. The eras in Puebloan history are a bit more complex than I'm describing them and can be broken down into smaller segments, but that's a whole can of worms I'd really rather not open. Puebloan culture and lifestyle would persist beyond the migration and whatever the cause of it may have been, but the tribes were in a much weaker position than they had been, and with the impending arrival of the Spanish into their lands in the 1500s, they had many grueling trials still ahead of them. But that is a story for another day, my loyal listeners. If I had more time to tell it, I absolutely would, but your old pal Nate is a busy guy these days, and he's got to be off to work real soon. Don't you worry, though. Part two will be on its way soon, and in part two, we're going to be talking about the encounter between the Spanish and Puebloans. We'll be talking about the Puebloan revolt against the Spanish, and we'll be talking about the state of the Puebloan people today. Until then, I bid you, my very trusted friends, a most excellent day. See you next time. Nate Dog out.